look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm terrific. You? Uh, not bad. I'm recovering still. Yeah, we had a we had a client Christmas party um, on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Woo! '70s disco theme. I got to tell you, I'm kind of regretting <laughs> one piece. <laughs> yeah, what? Not cr- taking a picture of you wearing an earring. Oh well, listen. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> your outfit was outstanding. My, my outfit yeah. was stellar. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what my outfit was, I, I I will be posting that on Facebook and Instagram. It is hilarious. Yep. Um, it was daring. Yeah, for a '70s born baby, you sure lived the '70s. I lived you it, experienced didn't I? it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. <laughs> it was fun. Um, we had a lot of fun with our clients, and um, and it was it's been a great year. Well, it's it's, it, it has been a good year. Now, it, that's interesting. Um, we've got an interesting show. Let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about. And I want to talk about this notion of an interesting year and what's coming because I had some interesting conversations this week. It's interesting. But we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about um, some tax saving tips uh, in the show today. So stick around for that. Tax is an important piece of the overall. With a planning. couple of weeks left in the year, we yeah. want to get some of those tips out there. Yeah. Uh, How we, about finding happiness in retirement? Uh, we've got a, a, a world-renowned author and uh, an expert to talk about. You know what? What you can do to Im- make sure you're getting a high quality experience in retirement. And you know what, man? It's not just about money. Money is an important piece. I don't want to minimize that, but the quality of the retirement goes well beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And so that we want to get more understanding of the quality of life. We're going to talk about taxes before that. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about. Um, I mean, let's just. I want to talk about uh, uh, planning and preparation for a minute. So you said some at the top of the hour. It's, this is interesting. It was a good year. Yeah. Okay. And in many respects, it was a good year. It was a hard-fought year, I have to tell you, talking to people. There's there's lots of concern. The headlines are scary. It's still all that stuff that we've talked about throughout yeah. the course so of the year. So as an Albertan, it was a challenging year for yeah. Albertans yeah. Uh, because of our local economy here in this province. When you take a look at the markets and you look at all investments, regardless of stocks, bonds, whatever, they all made yep. money. Yep. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a good year in that sense. It's abnormal. Well, listen, it's a reversion to the mean. So remember fourth quarter of last year? Yeah, in, in 18, 20% drop. Yeah. In 18, let's not even talk about the stock market for a minute, 93% of all world assets fell in value in 2018. Correct. Wow. That was the biggest ever. That's the biggest ever synchronized drop. Then we get this reversion of the mean stocks have done well for sure, but bonds have come back up. Other things have, have reverted back. And we've had probably an exceptional year, perhaps maybe gotten a little bit of ahead of ourselves. Correct. Okay. Here's a conversation I had this week, and I want to talk to, this, to you about this because <clears throat> I need people to start thinking about what's coming. Okay. Um, a business cycle will end, right, at some point. Now, the conversation this week, gentleman comes in, older gentleman, um, well-to-do. Yep. This isn't a question of can I retire. Okay. Okay. It's a question about have I got too much risk in my portfolio? Mm. And so we started to talk a little bit about, well, what's your asset allocation, how much you have in stocks and bonds and cash and yep. all these things. And, and he's going, I, I feel in my gut that I'm just taking on too much risk for what I need for his goals and objectives and what he's comfortable with. Yeah. So I said, okay, um, let's do a little bit of math. Let's assume the recession hit tomorrow. Yep. Okay. And then we did some assumptions around what equity markets could pull back and do and what bond markets might do and so on and so forth, given his current asset allocation. And his portfolio, and this gentleman, uh, the family was in uh, their 80s, uh, was going to be somewhere in around a 12 to 15% pullback on a significant amount of money. 
And he goes, we do the math. And he's, well, that I'm not comfortable with that. That's too much. Can can I can I just jump in there? I think you kind of gl- glossed over the process of how you got to that twelve okay. to fifteen percent drop. Right. And I think our listeners need to understand scenario building. When we are looking at the different types of scenarios that could impact your portfolio up positive mm-hmm. or negative, mm-hmm. you need to put some certain assumptions in there. And so what you wanted to show was, let's take some assumptions on the worst case scenario, our right. worst case scenario, not our base case. Right. Um, that worst case scenario would, f- if you have 55% of your money in stocks, stock market falls by 30%, you got a 17% there, but bonds will probably go up by a few percent, so right. you'll get a gain there. Overall, down between 12 and 15%. Right. This is a worst case scenario. You assign a probability that 30% in our sure. models right yep. now. Yep. So the 30% chance you could lose 15%. Right. How do you feel? And then he said, no, that's too much. Okay. Okay. Wait, and so it was interesting. And here's the message that I want to get out. And thank you for clarifying that. Okay. Um, time and time again, you could even go back to 2018 when you get this big drop in the markets in the fourth quarter, equity markets. Um, 2008, the most acute example that we've had in you know in recent memory. Um, you can't wait until you're in the midst of that fight and things are tanking to start making strategy changes because this is a permanent destruction in capital when people do that. If you have a strategy that you ride into a recession and your portfolio falls, whatever that number is, and you make the decision to change strategy at the bottom you're going to permanently destroy capital, mm-hmm. okay? So depending on what your thesis is, Faisal, going forward, if you think we are moving towards recession, you have your own thesis, but if you thought that you're moving towards recession, it's now time to do some testing. You need to be ahead of that, right? And there's the two fears I always talk about. My dad used to tell me the market's driven by two things, fear and greed, yep. okay? I actually think it's only driven by fear. Correct. It's driven by fear of missing out on return. Correct. And fear of losing all my principal. Correct. So... The scenario analysis that we were doing with this gentleman was about worst case. Nobody's, nobody's upset with the best case scenario. Everything's rosy. Yeah. But that worst case scenario is what you should be planning for with an assigned probability. Yeah. Okay? And don't overstay your welcome. So what I'm trying to get across to people is, is I'm concerned that if you overstay your welcome on a strategy that carries more risk, mm-hmm. then you can realistically assume, given a, um, you know, a worst case scenario, then you're going to be in that position again like a 2008 where, wow, you are suffering. And if you're in retirement, the problem is the recovery time that we talk about in the seminar that you talk about in great detail in the math of this becomes insurmountable. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just, I want to encourage everybody to take to pause. It has been a good year. Yeah. Probably been maybe a little bit too good in some areas. In some cases, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Let's think a little bit about what that worst case looks like. Do the scenario analysis and make sure you're prepared for that and have a have the game plan. I don't want to hear from people or I fear that we're going to hear from people when they've gotten themselves in a position that, that they're uncomfortable with. And now they're forced with making decisions that might ultimately just permanently destroy that capital and impair their ability to have the retirement that they want. Correct. Or make irrational decisions after that. Right. Right. And so when you are when you're planning for your future for your your portfolio, for your retirement, you have to take three different scenarios into account. The best case scenario, your base case scenario, and your worst case scenario. What I find is many people know that something could go wrong, but do not want to act on it until it's happening. 
They don't want to have an airbag in their vehicle. I've used that as an yep. analogy, yep. right? And and when we don't have an airbag in our vehicle, we're hoping we never get into a crash. Correct. Even though you know you're going to get into some sort of a, a, a car accident or there's going to be an accident at some point in your life. If you're, if you're driving for 50 years, right. there's going to be a crash. Right. That's right. So why not have an airbag? Yeah. Why have insurance on your vehicle? Because, just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Because there's a probability that that might happen. And I find because the markets have done well, especially the stock markets, this year, last 10 years, record numbers, all this hype behind you know, making all this money. Why didn't we make more? We could have made more. Right. <clears throat> At what risk are you willing to take it if it wasn't? Right. Hindsight's great. Right. But what the expectation is, is that you know what's going to happen before it happens in the future. Yep. And I'm a golfer, so I'm going to use an analogy that I, I, I love when the pros talk about when they're setting up for a shot, they plan where they're going to miss, right? So if something goes wrong in this shot, where what's an acceptable miss? Correct. Okay? And you've got to take that same approach to particularly coming into retirement because of the sensitivity you have to volatility, your portfolio, as you're withdrawing from it. Yeah. Way more sensitive than a 30-year-old listening to the show. you got to plan your miss. And that's the scenario analysis. And I'm just encouraging everybody to, to pause. It's good. Hey, guess what? We can celebrate this year. Everybody's going to have a great Christmas, we think. Um, let's, let's do the scenario analysis in the good times, not in the bad times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're going to be talking about these types of things in our, in our seminar coming up on Tuesday, January 21st. New location, my friend. Oh, yeah. That's ha right. Hamptons Golf Club. We're going to be there speaking to you. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Don't go away. Uh, we're going to talk about some tax-saving tips after the break here on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. We're going to talk a little bit about taxes. I mean, uh, Faisal Andrew and I often talk about um, the importance of proper tax planning. Uh, most of us are not experts in, uh, in tax, but the implication, you know, you need somebody on your team that is because there are so many rules and so many things that we need to know to be able to take advantage of properly in, in our uh, preparation of our taxes to make sure that you maximize the benefit for yourself. Now, Jamie Golenbeck's the Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. He's a regular contributor to our show. And, uh, Jamie, listen, I want to welcome you back. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, interest deductibility. So um, if you take a loan um, uh, for the purposes of investment, okay, whether that's uh, um, investment for uh, you know, income or business investment for income, um, there is a, a provision that allows you to write off the expense, interest expense on that. So can you just, from a high-level perspective, give us what the tax law says about this. And then there's a, um, a specific case that you wrote about this uh, this past week that I want to talk about. Sure, absolutely. So, so the general rule, I think as most people would know, is that if you borrow money and you use that money for the purpose of investing or to start a business or even use it in business operation, you can deduct the interest. And the logic behind that, the policy reason, is because you're incurring an expense to basically generate taxable income. So in other words, you're borrowing money to buy shares. Um, those shares pay dividends. Then, of course, you're including the dividends as income, and you can write off the interest expense. So that's a rule that's been around for a long time. Uh, it's very common in the uh, business world, certainly, uh, when 
companies borrow money and they, they borrow on debt and they're writing off the interest expense against their net income. But on the individual retail level, for investors, uh, if we're using a margin account uh, and we're investing, then that margin interest is tax deductible. If we're using a line of credit and that line of credit is being used for investments, and then we're able to deduct that interest uh, on our tax return. Um, now, just just from a sort of mechanics perspective, Jamie, you, you have to be able to show the, the linkages between this, correct? So there, it has to be fairly clean. Um, how do you suggest people, you know, when they borrow to do that, if they're mixing it with other things that they've used their line of credit for? What, what do they need to be aware yeah, of? Yeah, well, they're very, very careful. You've got to be very careful when it comes to the tracing. The, the courts have been very clear that you've got to sell a direct tracing. So it's not good enough to say, I've got a loan over here for 100000 I've got 100000 investments, so therefore, theoretically, I should be writing off my interest. That's not good enough. You actually have to show that the physical loan proceeds were used to buy investments. So on a margin account, it's very simple. You borrow on margin, you buy the investment, you're done. If you're using a line of credit, you better make sure there's nothing else in that line of credit. And what we recommend uh, people to do is if they've got a line of credit, typically on a home, Let's say that's a secured line of credit. We tell people to bifurcate. In other words, divide that line of credit into two. Most financial institutions will do that. I know that uh, we do it at CIBC. Um, you can have the same line of credit divided into two sub-accounts so that one of them you could use for home renovations. These are non-deductible interest-type expenses. But the other account you use solely for the purpose of investing, and you write off your interest. CRA is very, very particular. They want to see a paper trail. They want to see the check going from the loan account into the investment account uh, to be able to, if they ever look at it, uh, uphold your interest deductibility. Yeah, okay. Okay, so establishing that, um, sometimes the investments we make uh, don't work out the way we want them to work out. So let's, um, let me propose a situation where it's either a business uh, or it's an investment that you uh, borrowed for and it didn't quite go the way you wanted to. My question to you is, uh, can you continue the interest deductibility on the money that you borrowed for that uh, investment uh, into the future, even if that investment no longer exists or the business you know, is defunct or is not around? Quick answer is yes. I mean, believe it or not, it's not intuitive because you think that if you're borrowing money for earning income and you can no longer ever earn income because the investment the investment has gone belly up or the business has gone bankrupt, that you wouldn't be able to deduct the interest. That's not true. Uh, there is a rule that came into place, I believe it was in 1994 or so, um, that I sometimes I call it the BREX rule. If anyone remembers the BREX uh, uh, gold mining issue back in the 90s, uh, where basically it turned out to be a falsified gold reports and the company went bankrupt at the end of the day. But in other words, the example I like to give is if you borrowed money to invest in Briac, uh and that loan is still outstanding today, you can still write off the interest because of the rule in the income tax called the loss of source rule. And the loss of source rule says if the original intention of the loan and then that loan was used for the purpose of earning income, whether it's investment income or business income, then even if that investment goes to zero or you wind down that business, if that loan is still outstanding, you're still paying interest, that interest is still tax deductible. Now, sometimes CRA um, uh, you know, questions these things, but this, this loss of source rule has been tested recently in a case that you wrote about. That's right. So yeah, very briefly, I just wrote an article about a recent case in the last month or so uh, about a, an individual had a business and effectively, he shut down his business and became an employee somewhere else. 
Um, but what he did is while he was running his business, it was a really an accounting firm and he was running it as a sole proprietor and he paid for all the expenses, the rent, the office supplies, travel from his line of credit. And I think he hit around $90,000 a line of credit. And then what happened, he ultimately shuttered the business, but he still had the line of credit. So 10 years later or so, he's still writing off the interest. CRA challenges it saying, well, you know, we're not sure some of those expenses are valid. And the judge is like, we don't care about the expenses. That was 10 years ago. You didn't audit the expenses 10 years ago. We're adding the interest today. The money was borrowed for the purpose of earning investment income, and therefore you can continue to write off the interest. And so we won the case. And it just shows you that the courts are uh, looking favorably towards the rule. And if it's done properly and you've dotted the I's, crossed the T's, showed the direct tracing, as we talked about before, and then you should still be able to write off the interest on that loan if the original purpose was to earn investment or business income. Yeah, and then it goes back, I think, to the comment you made uh, made earlier. It's really important that it's properly documented, right? There's a paper trail. Ultimately, um, if you get challenged on these things by CRA and you need to fight this, you, you've got to have proper documentation. It's got to be clear line of sight where they can see the money moving for the purposes that it's intended against the write-off. And, um, you know, I don't think we can add much more to that. It is, it's critical that people keep uh, accurate records if, uh, even if they're applying the rules properly, if they don't have those accurate records, um, it can be called into question and, and denied. Well, that's right. And I'll just give you one final tip. I mean, uh, you know, this goes for the mortgage too. People say, oh, can't, can't write off mortgage interest in Canada. Can't do it, right? And I say, well, depends. And what if you have some investments and you also have a mortgage? Uh, well, I'm paying interest on my uh, mortgage. I also have investments, so I should be able to write it up. Well, again, there is a, a technique that you can do. You can do a swap. Uh, and what we sometimes tell people is if you have non-registered investments and you have a mortgage, why don't you sell your non-registered investments, depending on the tax consequences of selling it. You might have capital gains tax. depends on, on that situation. Yeah. Uh, and then pay off the mortgage, then get a secured line of credit against the home and buy back those same investments. And what you've done effectively is made your mortgage interest tax deductible. But again, the tracing is important. That's what we already talked about. You can't just say notionally, well, I've got some mortgage interest. I've got some investments. I can write it off. That does not work. You've got to show the direct tracing, as we've said. Jamie, I want to thank you again for your time and uh, you know taking complex tax and putting it in English for us. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We've been joined by Jamie Golenbach, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning at CIBC Financial Planning and Advice. Um, we're going to talk more about uh, about tax. Tax uh, impacts uh, almost every aspect of our retirement, certainly from a financial perspective. And I might even argue that for most people, uh, tax is going to be the single biggest uh, expense item that they face throughout their entire uh, their retirement. So we've got to be savvy about this. Planning's important. And as Jamie said, uh, obviously specific to the case he was talking about, but it has to be structured properly so that there's clear line of sight uh, should you ever be challenged on uh, on even the rules that are in place because the CRA will do that. Anyways, that's part of what we're going to talk about. I mean, this whole complex notion of transitioning to and living in retirement, how tax impacts us, that's the educational purpose behind our seminar. The first of the new year is going to take place on Tuesday, January the 21st at 7 p.m., and we have a new location. It's going to be the Hamptons Golf Club. To register for that, give us a call at 966-8400 or go to morethanmoneyradio.com. Stay tuned after the break. We're going to learn about how to find happiness in retirement here on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You're with Dave, and I've invited Andrew Mastin to join me for this segment. 
And we are going to talk about more than money today. We've got Neil Pasricha, who is an international best-selling author. A, couple of, a number of books here, uh, The Book of Awesome, The Happiness Equation, but he's got a new book coming out November the 5th called You Are Awesome. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, listen, um, we talk about... So Andrew and I are in the business of uh, a financial business. We help people and families go through the transition into and live through retirement. And I got to tell you, we named this this show more than money because this, you know, this period of time that we refer to as retirement um, is more complicated than thinking about an endless um, long weekend. And 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 happiness, although it sometimes sounds cliche to talk about, isn't a given. We see that all the time, Andrew. It's not yeah. a given when you move into this. You know, this phase called retirement. You know, I, I hate to, to joke about it, but, you know, when I, when I meet with people and I financial plan with them, one of the, the things is is um, um, there's a, a, a survey done by one of the life goes, and they said um, there's three things. Um, if you're retired, 65, and married, um, m- chances are one of you is going to live to age 95. Right. I think it's about 37%. Yeah. And the funny thing is they never said happy. Right. Yeah. So right. everybody gets a joke about it, but really that's a key factor in how you live your life and move forward. Okay, so Neil, I'm going to put you on the spot right off the bat. I'd, I'd like you to help us uh, define, how should people think about happiness? What What's the key here? Well, honestly, I think it's about the four S's. And so you need, the first S is social. A big mm-hmm. part of it is having people in your life that you are friends with, that you guys seem to get along great. So everybody needs people like that in their lives. The second one is structure. you got to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You have to have somewhere to go, something to do, somewhere to be, someone that's looking forward to seeing you. The third S is stimulation. And this one is about constant growth and always learning, right? You always, at the end of the day, you, you know how people say you learn something new every day? You have to make sure you learn something new every day. You have yeah. to always have your mind stimulated. And the last S is story. I, I, this is about a larger purpose. So story means you're part of a group doing something that you could not do by yourself. Right. Okay, you have to have a deep inner sense that like, hey, the work I'm doing is contributing to a larger or greater good. Those four S's are social, structure, stimulation, and story, and I believe they will make you happy if you get those every day. Well, we'll come back to each one of those in, in, in just a moment. You know, it, it reminds me of a story. Um, so being retirement guys, you know, we're, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're often asking people, Andrew, what are you transitioning to? So we know what you're retiring from. But what are you retiring to? And often we get some blank stares on that. Uh, we do. And in fact, I've actually, this week, I, I, I said to a couple of people that I want you to go home and I want you to practice retirement, <laughs> which is an odd comment, right? But you know, it. it's totally what, what, what we're looking at right now. And, and you know, it's an important factor in how we move things forward and make that, that stimulus for them. Right. So I'm going to jump to structure um, for a minute, not, not to minimize social if they're in some order of importance uh, for you, Neil, but... Structure seems to be something, I, I threw out this idea of the, of the endless three-day weekend, right? So if people, or when we see people, couples, whatever it was, uh, single people, approaching retirement and thinking that they're simply going to be in, in, you know, experiencing that endless long weekend over and over, I don't think they have the structure that's necessary to get them through a sustained, you know, long, beautiful retirement. I, you, they're setting themselves up for problems. Maybe you can give us a couple of thoughts and ideas around what structure means and what people should be thinking about with respect to structure as they move into retirement. Sure. And I don't know if it's been clear or not, but I'm against retirement. So I okay. personally, the research I've done shows that retirement is very dangerous for most people. Most people lose those four S's. They don't have social connection. Right. They lose structure. They aren't learning. So they're losing the stimulation and then they aren't part of a larger whole. 
my high school guidance counselor was forced to retire at age 65 because Ontario, where I'm from, had that in place. And two weeks later, he had a heart attack right. and he died. And I wrote about that in the happiness equation. And after I wrote about that, everyone said, hey, that's like my uncle. That's like my cousin. That's like my, that's like my, you know, people all have yeah. stories about somebody being kind of robbed of this purpose. You called it structure. You, do, I, you know, I call it structure, you call it structure. You take a week, it has 168 hours in it. You divide that by three, it's three buckets of 56. I say to everybody, okay, here's how I think about structure. You want to sleep eight hours a night? That's the goal. That's what the doctor says. Great. Eight times seven is 56. That's a whole bucket. One whole bucket a week. You are sleeping. Right. Then I say, fill it with some meaningful work. Fill one bucket with meaningful work. Call it a 40-hour job, plus add in your commuting time, your working from home time. Even if you aren't getting salary, and that isn't an S I mentioned on purpose, then make it volunteering at a hospital or, or doing something down at the library, whatever it is. You have to have that structure. And those two buckets together, for most of us, pay for, justify, and create that third bucket. So I'm 40 as I speak to you today. I don't ever plan to retire. But I will tell you, in my structure of my week, every single week I have 56 hours to do whatever I want because I sleep and I work. And those things, for me right now, give me a lot of time with my kids. You know, we, we take breaks. I unplug on the weekend. I mean, literally unplug from my phone. So I have, not retirement, but I have a bucket a week built in to give me that, that mental escape and break that I think we do all need. Well, you're not going to get any argument from us about the fact that retirement is dangerous. You're right. Um, mm -hmm. Because people think of it, unfortunately, that the traditional de definition of retirement is you're leaving work and, you know, you're going off to whatever it is, watch TV or something like that. But that is a, that, that, that we see that is a horrible experience. That, that Nobody enjoys that experience, right? You've got to be engaged in whatever that next step is. So I, I, I agree with you, Neil. I think you're, you're smack bag on um, the whole thing. So, so let's, let's talk about somebody who's maybe coming to the end of this, the work career, um, but they don't want to retire, right? They still want to be engaged. They need the social structure, stimulus, and story. What do you do? How, how do you start thinking about this? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to, to, to think about this. Uh, first of all, I just want to say real quick is that retirement was invented only in the late 1800s over in Germany yeah. when Chancellor Otto von Bismarck decided to introduce retirement because he had 20% youth unemployment and everybody died at age 67. That was right. lifespan. Right. So they made up the number 65. We've all just copied it in the Western world, even though we live 30 years longer than that today. So, right. like, yeah. it just literally we've taken an old antiquated thing. And um, in terms of finding something what you want to do, I say there's three tests you can do on yourself. The first one is called the Saturday morning test. So ask yourself today, if you have a Saturday morning where you have nothing to do, where do your natural preferences lead to? Okay. Are you going to the gym? Well, maybe you want to do some personal training. Are you uh, playing a musical instrument? Well, maybe you want to teach clarinet on the internet. I don't know what it is. My point is that do the Saturday morning test on yourself to find your natural passions, things that come up and bubble up inside you when you aren't conscripted to be somewhere else. That's the first thing I always say. The Done. second thing is yep. the, f the five people test. So you don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to do. Do the test of who are you hanging out with. The five people surrounded, surrounding you, according to the book Connected by Nicholas Fowler, are almost always can be averaged out to you. Like you are the average weight of those five people, probably the average height of those five people, probably the average, like it's not, it sounds crazy to say it, but if, if the five people around you smoke, you're probably a smoker. If they right. don't, you probably aren't, right? right? And and so looking at them sometimes gives you a little bit more self-awareness because you're like, wait a minute, all my friends play golf or all my friends do crochet or all my friends play bridge. Well, maybe I'd like it too. Like, just look around. 
And the third and final thing I tell people to do is what I call the bench test, okay, which is uh, <laughs> the reason it's called the bench test is because a, a buddy of mine was lucky enough to get into a number of Ivy League schools, and his way to check which one he wanted to go to was to sit on a bench in the middle of campus for an uninterrupted hour, silently observing and connecting with the conversations he was hearing to assess his level of fit with it. So what else can you do the bench test on? Everything. You could do it on a house. Just get an Airbnb in the same neighborhood. You could do it on the car. It's called a test drive. You could do it in a job. Say you want to shadow somebody for, for a little bit of time or you want to, you want to work for free for, for a couple of weeks to get an observational thing going. You want to, you want to sit in on class. Well, most universities let you, let you sit in on a class for free. Mm-hmm. You know, almost anything can be, can be bench tested. You can kind of sit in and watch and to see if you have a natural affinity for it. In the absence of doing these things, what's the outcome? What I believe the outcome, so Fortune magazine says the two most dangerous years of your life are the year you are born and the year you retire. The New York Times now reports the average person needs at least $400,000, that's USD, uh, in order to retire, which most people do not have. So I believe retirement is a concept that's completely broken. It's based on assumptions that are no longer true. One, that we die at age 67, which we don't. Two, that we can afford to leave work, which most of us can't. And three, that we want to, quote unquote, do nothing. When actually I say, you don't want to do nothing. You need an ikigai. An ikigai is a word from Japan. It means a sense of purpose, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Everybody needs a place to be, something to do. And eventually those four S's in order to have a fulfilling and meaningful life. If you don't do that, I, I actually honestly think it's a recipe for early death. I think you need that purpose in order to keep going. Okay, Neil, where can we get, uh, if somebody's interested in your, your book, You Are Awesome, coming out November 5th, where do they get it? Any bookstore that they ever go to, the local independent bookstore, Chapters Indigo, Amazon, Costco, Walmart, wherever you shop and buy books. Neil Pasricha, he's an international best-selling author of the book Awesome, Hap- The Happiness Equation, and also the new book coming out, You Are Awesome. You can get them at on any of those locations. Neil, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, we're going to be having our very first seminar of the year coming up on January the 21st. That's a Tuesday. It's going to take place at our regular time, 7 o'clock, but we are hosting at a different location to start the new year. It's going to be held at the Hamptons Golf Club. Give us a call at 966-8400 to register for that or go online, morethemoneyradio.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Now stick around after the break. We're going to be talking about health and how it can affect your family. That on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR. And more than money. Let's talk about more than money. Mm-hmm. Um, I often like to share my own personal experiences in this because it's. Uh, I, I fundamentally believe that this is a human journey. Right now, uh, I'm 51 years old. Many of our clients are in retirement already. Yep. Um, but it's a, it's a human journey, right? This whole thing. And I, our practice is built around the human journey. It's not just built around stocks and bonds. Not saying that stocks and bonds aren't Important. Correct. Just saying it's a much bigger, more complicated conversation. Yes. Okay. But we, it, it, so my personal situation ties in with lots of situations that our clients have. Yeah. I'm going to call it the health effect. Okay. Right? At some point in our lives, we're all touched by a health effect. Correct. And it doesn't even have to be you or your significant other. It can be an extended family member or a close personal friend. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. going to have the same impact on you. Okay. Okay. But it is different when it hits you a little bit. Yeah. Right? Because it's one of those things you never... This doesn't happen to me. This happens to other people, yeah. right? How many times do we talk about uh, cancer, okay, yeah. and and the the effect it has on a life? And we've, uh, Maddie and I have had a personal experience with this recently, um, where Maddie was diagnosed with uh, thyroid cancer, 
And uh, I, I didn't know anything about thyroid cancer. And I can tell you, Faisal, that when you get the diagnosis and you sit there, uh, you don't hear anything after the C word. Yeah. Right? And you go to that really dark corner. Um, now, in our case, it's fortunate. The outcome of this was a good news story. Thyroid cancer is operable. She's done the follow-up treatments. She, there's no cancer. Yeah. Okay? Done. But I have to tell you the, the experience that I had. So there's 48 hours of pure shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just trying to keep it together. And then you move on to, okay, so there's some realities we have to deal with. And we educated ourselves about what we were facing from a health uh, impact. We seek professional advice. We did not go onto the internet. That was our first decision. We are not going on the internet to try to self-diagnose what this is going to look like. We went to professionals to get the real information. Okay. We got educated. And then we had to go back and start to say, okay, so this is our new reality. We went back to our financial plan. We took a look and reviewed our insurances. We had conversations with extended family about what's going on and what we have to do, you know, and all of this in an effort to make sure that the kids were protected. We were in. Correct. Because there's so many things that are going on in your mind. Correct. What happens today? Right. What if it doesn't go the way that we want it to go? And right. what happens with our children? What right. happens with our family? You have an aging mother who's got, who's in, has dementia right. and, and Alzheimer's. So she has to be taken care of. Yep. Like you're in the sandwich generation, right? right? Taking care right. of your kids and your mother. Yep. So, and now you have to be supportive for your wife. So you're, you're, this is the journey. This is the journey. This is the journey. Now, you know, we did review uh, things like, uh, income and savings and insurances, and those are financial things, yeah. right? But it was so much more than that, right? That those steps and the journey and and talking to family about different things and thinking about what the future may or may not hold, and yeah. it was crazy. And right? and to think that you know you came to work every single day, and that was on your mind and on on your shoulders, a lot of weight on there, and you still had a somewhat of a distraction, right? Like here at the office, you you, you have a distraction, right? Think about people who have got this, you know, the C word, the, the, the cancer scare, and they're retired. Right. So I was in Edmonton this week. Right. And uh, a family of ours that we work with have said, we just found out we have colon cancer. Right. They were talking about their financial plan and the income prior to that. And all of a sudden, it just the conversation just changed. Right. And it went into the whole, well, we've got cancer, it's early detection, maybe we can get this all fixed up and so forth. So they're, they're optimistic, which is good. They haven't, they haven't yeah. given up or quit. Yeah. But now everything's in perspective. And what I learned from that, Dave, is that when there is a scare like this, and don't forget, my mother passed away from cancer, yeah. so I experienced Yeah, you've it been touched by it too. As a child, at, at 23 years of age, I learned how this can impact a person and how it right. impacts a son. Right. I'm learning how it impacts a spouse through right. you. I'm learning it how it impacts a person who's in retirement through our clients. And I can tell you, all three times have one thing in common. People start to reflect, reflect on their life. Right. And the number one thing that comes out is regret. Right. I regretted that I right. didn't do the following things. Right. And so when they regret, I'm going to tear up here. Yeah. When they regret, they start to worry about what they didn't get accomplished in their life, right. not what they're trying to do. Right. And this is the time that we keep on saying to our clients, to our friends, to our family, it's important that you do what you want to do for your happiness and get this in order because life is too short. Yeah. We talk about, I I frame it this way, it's the 30 summers. Yeah. Right? I've got 44 because I'm younger. Yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. 
Thanks for rubbing that in. Of course. But truly, it is, you know, it's perspective. And, and uh, our experience, my, my experience with Maddie, perspective. You had this perspective in your personal life. We have it with our clients. I had a call just this week from a, uh, a gentleman. They got the, the cancer diagnosis. Um, the, the, the results are not good. Yeah. He said, he said Dave, I got to meet with you. I said, I'm a mess. I can't make any decisions. I've been doing this myself. I, uh, I can't do it. Yeah. Right. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a change. Right. Health. That health bucket is a real thing, and yeah. it's going to touch everybody, and it's going to create change and uncertainty, and so on and so forth. And that's a personal journey. Some of it's financial, but but so much of it is not financial. But it has to be considered in the overall thinking. Right. Perspective, and that's what yep. it comes down to. Yeah, it does. Anyways, that's a tough one. So, um, so the learning outcome from all three scenarios, my mother's situation, yours and Maddie's, our client's situation is, you know, once the initial shock is is been digested, right? it's time to start rallying a group. You need a support group yep. for the emotional side. Yep. You need your financial house in order. You need your medical and health house in order. And, and it's work. And many Canadians just can't do all of it on their own. So well, build your team. Right, yeah. have your team, and if you don't have a team at this point in time, it's okay to say I need to find somebody. Yeah. It's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do everything yourself because that's where things can go wrong. If you're trying to do everything yourself sure. and, you, and something falls off the wagon, you're gonna you're gonna have the regret. Yeah, and and there's regret. There's potential mistakes. Like you know, I, I can tell you from that personal experience. You you went through the loss of a parent. You can't think straight during that period. Yeah, right. You can't. It's just not possible to do that. You'd be an, a robot if if you did it. So um, listen, I don't want to dwell on this. This isn't supposed to be um, like we had this experience, and I have to tell you, it's changed me as a person. It's changed me as an advisor. Of course. Right? You and I know that this is about a journey. We've always been talking about that. So that's what this show is about. It's not just about stocks and bonds. Um, but it's a, it's a heck of a reminder, right, to, uh, to stay focused on the things that are important, to make sure that you're having the experiences that you want with the people that you want. Okay? This is well beyond stocks and bonds, yeah. right? I can't stress that It comes that back to happiness. Right. It comes back to what makes you happy. It's not always about the money and how much income you're getting and how frequently and what right. the stock market's doing. and all. It's all about your happiness at the end of the day. Right. And so think of it from that macro level and then worry about the small micro pieces to get there. Right. So and, reverse and engineer that. What, what does happiness look like to 100%. you? And then go reverse engineer to get there. I think that's 100%. I think this ties in very nicely. It pulls together some of these results. Um, I, we have to, you know, that Sun Life poll, a lot of polls we see, uh, uh, working in retirement is not a problem. Yeah. In fact, it's often a solution. Correct. Staying engaged. So um, I want to, you know, I want to, uh, the, the work that Tom and his team are doing, Sun Life and all the other polls we see are great, but put it in the context of the journey and the experience you want to have. And if you want to work, and we've got lots of people that we work, that that's part of the retirement plan, that's awesome. That's right? great. And nobody can tell you, well, why are you working? Yeah. Is that a failure? Yeah. No, it's not a failure. It's not. Okay. It's not. So let's talk about this um, this journey and how to put it all together yeah. and sort of share our, our collective experiences. We're going to do that at our seminar. And our seminar will be on Tuesday, January 21st, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Club. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. We look forward to chatting with you next week. 
David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.